Our first reading today is called A Prayer of Thanksgiving by Max Kutz. Let us give thanks for generous friends with hearts as big as Hubbard's and smiles as bright as their blossoms, for feisty friends as tart as apples, for continuous friends who like scallions and cucumbers keep reminding us we had them, (laughs) for crotchety friends as sour as rhubarb and as indestructible, for handsome friends who are as gorgeous as eggplants and as elegant as a row of corn, and the others as plain as potatoes and so good for you, for funny friends who are as silly as Brussels sprouts and as as amusing as Jerusalem artichokes, and serious friends as complex as cauliflowers and as intricate as onions. For friends as unpretentious as cabbage, as subtle as summer squash, as persistent as parsley, as delightful as dill, as endless as zucchini, and who, like parsnips, can be counted on to see you through, to see you through the long winter. For old friends nodding like sunflowers in the evening time and young friends coming on as fast as radishes. For loving friends who wind around as like tendrils and hold us despite our blights, wilts, and witherings. And finally, for those friends now gone, like gardens past that have been harvested, but who fed us in their times that we might have life together. For all these, we give thanks. Our second reading is a poem, a poem called Kindness by Naomi Shihab Nye. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment, like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go. So you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow 
as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to mail letters and purchase bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for. And then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend. The table is set. A feast is prepared before us. The table is set and friends and family, possibly even strangers, will soon be arriving. The table is set. And before we arrive at the actual table that many of us will sit around on Thanksgiving Day on Thursday after airport delays and invasive body searches and scans and cross-country flights, and road trips, and last-minute cooking, and trips to the grocery store, and then finally, perhaps at last, a moment of thanks, a moment of grace. Let us pause for just a minute before we reach that day. Let's linger at this table, the tables in our minds, and I invite you to take a moment to remember who was around your Thanksgiving table last year who wasn't there. I invite you to take a minute to remember the many Thanksgiving tables you've gathered around over the years, sometimes easy gatherings with laughter and fellowship, sometimes incredibly difficult gatherings (laughs) where there are excited Kids screaming and (laughs) difficult gatherings because politics or religion or family dynamics got in the way, and yet maybe there was a thread of kindness around the table. Remember the first time you were a guest at a Thanksgiving table, how that felt, the different rituals, the different foods perhaps. And remember also how you've welcomed guests to your Thanksgiving table. Remember the laughter, maybe the tears, the stories told by the generous souls around that table. How kindness and sorrow and laughter touched your life. The table is set. And when you gather this Thursday, you are participating in a timeless ritual, a ritual older than we can imagine of table fellowship, people coming together around a meal. Of course, our Thanksgiving celebration has its roots as a harvest festival, a celebration of the bounty that has been grown and ripened and then All summer and fall, we've watched it and now we've collected it and we will eat some of it and store some of it away for the long winter. Our modern day Thanksgiving probably comes from Plymouth Plantation 
when in 1621, a small band of pilgrims, and the pilgrims, as many of you know, were our religious ancestors. They left the Anglican Church of England to come here and practice their faith in a way that was true to their conscience, to worship in a way that was true to their conscience, to call out their own ministers, to be in covenant with one another, to walk together. They are our spiritual, religious ancestors. And in that first Thanksgiving of 1621, there was probably a harvest meal shared with some of those pilgrims and the Wampanoag Indians. The pilgrims had come a year earlier, and that first winter had been brutal and long and hard. We know the story. Half of their number were gone. And I would think when they sat down at that harvest festival and looked around the space, looked around the table, there would have been an acute awareness of who was missing from that table. And as we gather this Thanksgiving, I would invite us to be in that reflective place as well. To think as we look around the table of those who are not there. To remember that we are still at war, not one, but two. And there are countless men and women who have left an empty chair at a table this year, either because they're serving or because they have died in a war. And we will never know the true cost of war. We might gather around the Thanksgiving table this year mindful of those loved ones, those names we've heard in our cycle of life that we hear every Sunday, mindful that ones dear to us, to this community, are in their final days or are battling cancer or are struggling in some way, that they may not be around the table next year. And we might gather around that table as well, Remembering that even though Thanksgiving has has this mythic story of pilgrims and Wampanoag Indians coming together and celebrating, that was but a brief moment of true fellowship. And the rest of the story is a story of brutality and ugliness and broken promises and treaties and much suffering and violence. That's the dark side or the thread of sorrow side of life and of table fellowship. But we still gather, and we gather with gratitude as well. Because even though Thanksgiving is a harvest festival, we're not so much about storing up a bunch of Hubbard squash and turnips in our basement anymore as we are about coming together and pausing giving thanks before we tip over that edge into the rush of the holidays and the frenzy and the lights and the Black Friday sales and everything else. And when we gather, we can pause to reflect on the seasons of our lives, to the turnings, the ups and downs, the losses, challenges, joys. And yes, we can give thanks that we have arrived in that moment around the table one more time. In fact, it is gratitude that really binds us around the table. Gratitude when we're aware of the precious 
and fragile nature of our own lives. Gratitude for the food we did not grow nor harvest, the blessings we did not earn, the day we did not make, but is ours to live into. And there's gratitude around the table for those funny, crotchety, tart, feisty, loving friends. Some perhaps long gone, but alive in our hearts. And it is also sorrow and loss and grief that connects us around the table because surely those things are our birthright just as joy and gratitude are. As the poet says, being human means feeling the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. Being human means that what you held in your hand And my gosh, haven't we all held something precious in our hands, something we counted and saved and looked to, and then it was gone. What you held in your hand, what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go. So you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. And in those regions... Of desolation in those losses we face the reality that sorrow is one of the deepest things inside and it is the thread that connects us to every other human being as is kindness the fabric of our lives is woven of sorrow and kindness gratitude and awe darkness and light those are the things that are woven together and this week we will gather most of us will gather around a table. We will gather brokenhearted and whole, and we will once again weave meaning out of gratitude and despair and joy. The table is set. Perhaps the table is always set. That metaphorical table that lures families and the human family together the table that is at the center around which we gather to break bread, to give thanks, to share stories, to cry. The table table that invites us to remember the larger human family and our responsibility to our brothers and sisters. And I hope you will put this box on your table to be connected with that larger human family. And what's true is that when we sit down at that table and we look around the table, we discover we are not alone, that our story is the human story, that we are surrounded by fellow travelers connected by gratitude and loss, kindness and love. We discover that guests can become family and that when we share what we have and who we are, when we share what we have and who we are, sorrow and gratitude and food, there is more than enough to feed our bellies and our yearning souls. This is table fellowship. This is thanksgiving in the midst of kindness and sorrow. So I invite you, come, feast, the table is set. Happy Thanksgiving.